Uh, you may be seated. You may be seated. You may be seated. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you would use my tongue as the pen of a ready writer to speak the things concerning your kingdom. Father, you know what your children need to hear. You know what they need to be developed. You know what they need to be raised. Father, I give you permission. Father, we give the atm- we give you the atmosphere. Father, use it how you see forth. Father, we bind every spirit that opposes. Father, your information, your knowledge, your truth, your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding, and we thank you right now for what you are about to do. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So we are still. We are still on our series, Kingdom Essentials, and we're pretty much just talking about the basic things of the kingdom. Because this is an apostolic church, because this is a reformation church, um, we have our teaching pillars. And our teaching pillars are relationship, kingdom, church, and ministry. Now, you need to know these. Uh, After a while, I'm going to call you all up and ask you all. All right. You need to know the, the, the teaching pillars because this is why you come to school. I mean, come to school. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. This is why you come to church. Okay. When we did church one-on-one, we talked to you guys and told you the three reasons why you come to church is one, to conform to the image of Christ. You should show up with a mindset to do that. Secondly is to increase your spiritual intelligence because you can be out here living a life that's opposing the life that he wants you to have. And you don't even know it. It's all because of what you don't know. And then the last one was that to co-labor with him. We're trying to grow up so we can co-labor. Okay, we're not coming into the church just to labor. We're coming in the church to grow up so that eventually we can take on the, the ministry of Jesus and co-labor with the Father to do his will in earth. Amen? And so with our teaching, with our uh, teaching pillars... You need to know those because in 2014, I told you, the father spoke to me loud and clear. And and he rather he asked me a question. He says, why is it that the church is the only educational institution where people show up every Sunday, every Wednesday, sometimes Tuesday and Thursday, and they have no idea what they are growing to become? They show up, but they don't know what they are coming to learn. And no other educational institution can get away with that. Nobody goes to college and don't have a degree plan. Okay, when you enroll in school, you're enrolling to become something. And if you're in school and you've been there for six years and you're going to be a doctor and you still ain't heard no medical terms. (laughs) You ain't been in no labs. You ain't drew no blood. You ain't even got the white coat. Okay. There's a problem either with you or the institution. So you have to understand those teaching pillars because this is a direction we're taking you. We must first bring you into the relationship. Then we bring you into the kingdom. If we bring you into the kingdom before we bring you into the relationship, you start saying you're kingdom minded. But you don't know the father. You start professing the kingdom, but there's no relationship. So it sounds good, but it doesn't look right. Okay, so we go from relationship to kingdom to church. Okay, because uh, us as his sons and daughters, we have to be developed in the kingdom. And as we are developed in the kingdom, we become the church. 
You're not the church until you are light. If you leave here and you and you walk out there and you represent darkness, you're not representing the church. He said you are light. You are salt. We are a totally different flavor than the world. We are a totally different flavor than the world. If you remove us from this planet, it's nothing but wickedness. He said that we are ambassadors. And we're going to talk about that in a couple of weeks. We are ambassadors, meaning if you're a child of God, you should say nothing more than what he said. If you are an ambassador, you speak for him, but he speaks through you. So we are here to train, to learn, to grow, to become the church so we can impact. The church always deals with impact. And so that's why we do ministry. The purpose of us doing ministry is so you can get the relationship, you can learn about the kingdom, and we can become the church. And so we're teaching from the series of kingdom essentials. We're just talking about the basics of the kingdom. We talked about Abba's agenda. Last week we talked about, um, what we talked about last week? Operation transformation. I'm going to give you all a chance to think about it. Okay. Operation restoration. That's today's message is operation transformation. So last week we talked about restoration, about the father bringing us back into his household, bringing us back to restore us. Okay. When you talk about restoration, you're talking about health. All right. He wants to restore the way we think because of the fall, because Adam fell, we now inherited Adam's nature. And so we begin to think like Adam. We begin to think like the world. We begin to think like orphans. We were not thinking like children. The Bible says that we were strangers. We were foreigners to the commonwealth. But now he says we are no longer strangers. Why? Because we have been restored. We have been restored. So on today, we're going to talk from the, uh, the teaching topic of Operation Transfor- Transformation. All right? Because now that we have been restored, it is our responsibility. Okay? It is our responsibility to allow the transformation to take place. When you talk about transformation, trans, the prefix means to come across means to come across. Form means to change into a a different appearance. So we are leaving the kingdom of darkness and we are coming into his kingdom. Which means we have to differentiate how the world thinks and how he thinks. It's the reason why he said study to show yourself approved. Study to show yourself approved. Don't study to show somebody else approved. Study to show yourself approved. It's like your credit report. Certain things you can't get because you can't get approved because your credit score is too low. Certain things you can't get in the kingdom because your understanding is too low. You haven't been spending time in the word, so you stuck in certain situations. So we're going to talk about the transformation, but the first thing we have to do is we have to realign ourselves with truth. And the way we do that is we must first look at the precepts. We must first look at the precepts, okay? We must first look at the precepts of the Father. We have to peer into his mind, and we have to see why did he do this? Why? Why is there a Bible? Why is there earth? Why are we having church services? Why? Because first and foremost, he wanted to be a father. 
He didn't create this planet because he wanted to be God. He was already God by himself. He didn't need planet. He didn't need people to become God. He created us because he wanted to be a father. Okay, and so the thing I must embed in your mind, is, and it's in our teaching pillars, he wanted the relationship and he wanted the kingdom. He did not just want a kingdom. He first wanted the relationship because he is our father and he is love. Love gives and love shares. And because we are away from him he had, and, and we are like him, he has to give us something to dominate. It's in our genes. It's genetic. We have, that's why we try to dominate people. It's in our genes. And the thing about it is the only thing he did not give us dominion over was people. He gave you dominion over that appetite. Come on. Come on. Dominion over that mindset. Dominion over them heart issues. We can't rule the world if we can't rule our own mind. You can't rule the world if you can't control your appetite. Some things he'll give you, but then some things you got to go get it. Okay, he let the disciples, he sent them away two by two. Go. I'm giving you authority over demons, over demonic forces, over devils, over sickness. They went, came back and said, ooh, even the devils are subject to your name. Dominion. He said, don't worry about that. Just worry about that your birth certificate is in heaven. Okay, don't worry about that. Worry about the fact that you have a father that is in heaven. That's not impressive. I didn't come here for that. I came to seek and save that which was lost, which is what? Relationship and kingdom. So the next time the disciples tried it on their own, they couldn't do it. And they said, well, why? He said, for one, you ain't got no faith. Okay, but it don't make sense when they just did it. He said, this kind comes out by by you dominating your flesh and by you dominating your mind. This kind comes out by prayer and fasting. This kind comes out by you crucifying your flesh and constantly having a conversation with me, connecting with me, having communications with me. So we're going to talk from the title of Operation Transformation. All right, because we have to now, for the last two years, only thing we talked about was relationship. I had to get that into your minds. You are God's children. You are not his servants. You are God's children. As you mature, you labor. Because we don't need a bunch of orphans trying to do all the work. We need to develop. Come on now. (laughs) We are light. And so now we're going into the kingdom portion. It is time for the children to take what belongs to them. But we can't take it until we transform, be transformed. So in Genesis 126, because we must always start at the inception of scripture. Genesis means beginning. We must start at the beginning. If you cannot find it, that's why we said we want to always deal with the precepts. We want to start at his mind. What was he thinking before the foundation of the world? We don't need to know what he was thinking in the book of Acts until we can understand what he was thinking in Genesis. This is how we get all these denominations. We pick parts of the Bible. Oh, John the Baptist, let's be a Baptist. (laughs) We got the day of Pentecost, let's be Pentecostal. 
Okay? We have apostles. Let's be, it's called an apostolic denomination. The Bible says that God was in Christ. So let's start the church of God in Christ. <laughs> Soon as grace come out, now every church, grace. Soon as kingdom come out, now you want to name your church kingdom. We have a problem sticking with, the, starting with denominations, uh, building denominations. It happens because we don't know what he ultimately wants. We learn faith. Now let's start a denomination called word of faith. And then what we're going to do is fight the other ones like Crips and Bloods. And in the meantime, ain't nothing getting done on earth. <laughs> because, because out of all that, they ain't making no children. They're not raising any children. Let's just talk about how many churches we planted, how many people we got in the congregation, how many people we baptized. But then when we look out, all we see is darkness. So in Genesis 1.26, he said, then God said, let us make man in our image. According to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over the livestock, over all the earth and over every crawling thing that crawls on the earth. So the assignment, the agenda of our heavenly father is first, we're going to create you like me. I'm going to make you in my image. I'm going to make you according to my likeness. And then I'm going to give you an assignment to dominate the earth. We can't put dominion before the fact that we're in his image according to his likeness. That there's an expectation. There's a standard. If he's asking us to transform, then that means that, 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 that we're not there yet. So the assignment was relationship and kingdom. But the hindrance was the fall. The hindrance was the fall. In the fall, we lost life, meaning we lost a spiritual life. We were no longer alive according to the spirit realm. We were dead to the spirit realm. Because we were dead to the spirit realm, we lost relationship, meaning nobody in the Old Testament called him Abba. They called him Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Adonai. They called him all that because there was no relationship there. That's why when Paul introduced the, uh, uh, God to the church, he said, you can now cry Abba Father. He didn't say you can cry Jehovah Jireh. He didn't say you can cry Jehovah Nisi. He didn't say Je cry uh, Adonai. He didn't say cry God. He said cry Abba Father. He was introducing us to a relationship. Jesus said, pray to the Father. Worship the Father. He said, when you give, when you pray, when you fast, the Father will reward you. He, I'm not going to reward you. He was letting the disciples know, I'm not going to reward you. My purpose, my it is finished on this cross was to get you back into this relationship. It wasn't to get you into a gift. Okay, it wasn't to get you into a calling. It was to get you into a becoming a child. The reason why Jesus rocked the planet, the way he rocked the planet, was because he was a son that was gifted. He was a child that was gifted. According to him, he only did what the father told him to do. So that means he didn't open his mouth unless he got an unction from heaven. He didn't prophesy unless he got an unction from heaven. Matter of fact, his agenda to preach the kingdom, he said, I was sent. I'm not doing this because I know it. 
I'm not doing this because I got information. I'm not doing this because I read my Bible. I'm doing this because I was sent, which was the first apostolic mission. He was sent to give us the relationship and to give us the kingdom. He didn't come, watch, I know people don't like it, by his stripes we were healed. Okay, which meaning that didn't have nothing to do with the death on the cross. (laughs) That was the stripes we were healed by. That, That wasn't the death. The death was to bring us back into relationship and back into kingdom. He didn't come here so we can do miracle signs and wonders. That's the kingdom in effect. That's not why he came. He came so you can have this relationship. I know we're tied to the miracle signs and wonders. We're supposed to be tied to the relationship. And from the relationship, he works through us to do miracle signs and wonders. So the hindrance was we lost life. We lost spiritual life. We lost the ability uh, to, uh, uh, we lost sustenance. We could no longer get our supply from heaven. We had to get it from the earth. He told me you're going to work from the brow of your ground, from the sweat of your brow, you're going to get it. No longer (laughs) when you ask and I just do it for you. We lost maintenance. We lost relationship, but even more, we lost ability to reproduce. If Adam had had a child with Eve before the fall, we would still be He lost the ability to reproduce God men. Soon as Adam and Eve would have had a child, it would have been a God. Satan had to get them before they reproduced. So we know our assignment. Our assignment is get back into this relationship, get into the kingdom. Okay, what we lost has been restored. But now we have to go back into the kingdom and reclaim what belongs to us. The assignment ain't changed. It's still dominate. It's still relationship. Transformation is needed to prove conformity. I got some scriptures for you. Paul said it like this. He said, I labor with you until I labor with you until Christ is formed in you. That's the job of the church is you come in you're not saved. We bring you into the family. When you get into the family, you're an infant. It is our job to labor with you through the five stages of sonship to bring you to a mature place so that you can eventually co-labor with your heavenly father. The job of the fivefold ministry is to build you up to the full stature which belongs to Christ. The full measure, not partial, not some, the full measure is to bring you to a place of maturity. And a lot of times we can't mature because we haven't been transformed. We're still on the wrong side. We're still on the wrong side of thinking. Our appetite is still in Egypt. We miss the leeks. We miss the food of Egypt. We miss what fed our flesh. So now the agenda is for us to leave one side and come to the other. Amen? So now conformity always deals with our standard. Thank you. Now, remember this term. We're going to continually talk about this. If you embed this in your mind, 
you will be able to see clear spiritual, natural, spiritual. Okay, spiritual, natural, spiritual. Adam, when he was created in the image and the likeness of our heavenly father, he was created to be spiritual. The fall made him natural. Now, the redemption is to bring us back to the spiritual. So even when we look at Old Testament scriptures, we have to understand that those Old Testament scriptures were written by natural men led by the Holy Spirit. They were not written by men who, who were God's children. So even in Matthew 12, 29 through 31, he said, Jesus replied, he said, the most important commandment is this. They asked him, uh, uh, asked Jesus, what is the most important commandment? And he said, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. That was a commandment. It was a commandment. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, a legalistic commandment. It was, a legal, it was legalistic to them, but it was relational to us. The commandment to love the Lord with all, see, this is what you have to do. Anytime you read in the book of Psalms, anytime you listen to David or any, or Moses talk in Deuteronomy, one thing you have to do is switch the relationship. Moses was not God's child. David was not God's child. Although David was a man after God's own heart, he did not have his heart. Okay, we are perfect right now because we are God's children. Amen. So when you read this scripture, you have to read, you must love your father with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your strength, all of your understanding. And notice it said all of your mind. All of your mind means you have an imagination. You have a thought. You have a conscious person, an unconscious person. You have a subconscious. I need all of it. I need all of your heart, your emotions, your intelligence. I need all of your heart. I don't need some of it. I need all of your heart. I don't need some of it. I need all of it. Trust in the Lord with all. I need all of your soul. I need your intellect. I need your aversions. I need your appetite. I need your character. I need your disposition. This commandment is relational. He's telling me if you give these to me, when I give them back to you, they will be like Christ. Our problem is we ain't giving it to them. We're giving it to Dr. Phil. Okay. We're not giving him all of our mind. Because when you give him your mind, he's going to take the past, explain it to you, bring you to the present to align you for your future. Okay. He can tell you why it happened if you give it to him. Your heart broke, been broken, give it. Give it to him. I had a girl tell me, she said, every time I get with a man, he cheat on me. I said, no, no man's ever cheated on you. You, you didn't get with the one your father assigned you. <laughs> no man has ever cheated on you. You just didn't get with the one that he gave you. He actually did you a favor. <laughs> he didn't belong to you. You didn't belong to him. So he had to redirect it and correct it. You have to love him with all. Give it all to him. Don't give him some of it. All your strength, all your understanding. You can't come before our Heavenly Father saying, I know. I, I can't stand we in conversation. Yeah. 
You ever been talking to somebody and every time you say, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, you do know, but you don't understand. You might know, but you don't have wisdom in it. You might know, but you don't have a revelation. (laughs) It's something more than knowing. And then he said, and the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than this. One uh, translation says, love your neighbors. It said, love your neighbors as you love yourself. So the first commandment after you give your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, and your understanding is allow yourself to absorb his love. If you don't absorb the love, you didn't do the commandment. You have to absorb his love. That's why I tell you, you need to find every scripture in the Bible that talks about how much he loves you, his inseparable love. Paul said, I am persuaded that nothing can separate me from the love. You have to be there. You have to understand his soul love that made him give his son his perfect love, which will remove all fear. (laughs) You have to be transformed. You coming from the orphanage. Transformed. In the orphanage, they don't think about how much they love. They don't think that anyone will ever be there for them. So he's trying to transform us. He's trying to make a, he's trying to bring us into the kingdom. But, but in order to bring us in the kingdom and make us more effective, there has to be drastic change. Think about it. All your mind. We got all your heart, all your soul, all your strength. And watch this all your understanding. Now he said the the job will be complete when I get all of that and I can transform it. When you give me that and you allow me to transform it. Why? Because I predestined you. (laughs) I know what you're supposed to be. (laughs) You don't know. I know what you're supposed to be. I know where you're supposed to be. I know what you're supposed to be doing. I know how you're supposed to be doing it. I know. You don't know. So we have to be transformed. We have to come before his presence in prayer, in worship, in church. You have to show up here with a plan to change. Come in here with weights on. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I should have. Okay, I I retract that. Okay. This is a relational obligation, okay? This is not a legalistic obligation. Remember, spiritual, natural, spiritual. All right? This is not legalistic. The reason why Jesus said, I came to fulfill the law. He said, I came to fulfill the law. I came to fulfill the law. I didn't come to do away with the law. I came to fulfill the law because the law went through the same transformation that we went through. Okay, it was spiritual, then it was natural, then it was spiritual. The law always been in heaven, but when it was in heaven, it was infused with grace. When Adam fell, grace was removed from it because there was no relationship there. So from the fall of Adam to the coming of Jesus, that's why the last scripture in the Old Testament is God saying, look, I have to return the heart of the father to the children and the heart of the children to the father, unless I have to destroy the whole planet. Why would he do that? Why would he even say that? Because that was his first intentions was to have children in the planet. If my will ain't being done in the planet, I might as well destroy it. 
If I don't have children in the, children in the planet, I don't have no salt. <laughs> if I don't have children in the planet, I ain't got no light. There's no ambassadors. There's no righteous ones. So, once the law, Jesus died on the cross, the law became infused again with grace. Why? Because it was relational. Now we don't live by the grace. We don't live by the law. We live by the name. We don't live to obey the law. We live to represent the name. The representation of the name is the fullness of the law. But it's infused with grace because now we got to grow. <laughs> we got to grow now. Now we got to grow. So, this is the process. Romans 12 and 1. Familiar scripture. Some of y'all already quoted it in your head. Therefore, this is Paul talking, therefore I urge you, I urge you, (laughs) I urge you, this is important, I urge you, this is an apostle talking, this is a sent one, I urge you, brothers and sisters, children, in view of God's mercy, what he's already done. He says to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God, spirit realm, your heavenly father, before the angels, before the Holy Spirit. <laughs> this is your true and proper worship. So he's giving you some insight on what worship looked like. Because Jesus was alive on earth and he was sacrificial to the kingdom. One agenda, my father's will. He was sacrificial to his father. He only did what his father told him to do. He was sacrificial to community. He built those disciples and he preached to the masses. I must preach because this is why I was sent. I'm a living sacrifice. I don't have my own agenda. I don't move until I'm told. We wonder why the miracles happen like that. We focus on everybody that came to Jesus got healed, but his father told him to be there. (laughs) It wasn't just show up and whoever walked by, get him healed. He was on the road and blind bar made a scene him. The road was where he was supposed to be. He only did what his father told him to do. He was a living sacrifice. All you have to do is look at his ministry. I tell people this all the time. The only reason why Jesus needed a ministry, needed a ministry so we can see what a son looked like on on the planet. If it was just about the blood, we could have killed him at a baby. We could have put him on the cross as a teenager. If it was just about the blood, (laughs) the Bible says he's our example and our insample. So he's the example, the one that we should be looking at and seeing this is how we are to become. This is the conformity. Conformity always means this one word, standard. Standard. 
conform to the image, the standard. The image, soul, mind, heart, conform that, have the mind of Christ. Same thing. And in, and in our conformity, because watch this, the Bible says that he predestined us to conform. He predestined us to conform. We're going to talk about conformity a little bit more next week. But he predestined us to conform. He, pre, he predetermined. Okay, let me say it like that. Let me say it like this. Before you arrived on the planet, he already gave you a destiny. Ask, seek, knock. That's how you find it. That's how you get it. So he already predestined us. When we align and through transformation, that's what he says. Watch this. He said Jesus was a living sacrifice. Then he told us that our life is hidden Christ. He said Jesus is a living sacrifice. Then he told us that he's a chief cornerstone and we should be lively stones. Which means our life is... I apologize. Okay. The, the information just came from heaven. All right. Which means that if he wants us to be a lively stone and being a lively stone is to build his kingdom. According to the cornerstone. Now, in order to be a lively stone, you have to imitate the cornerstone, which means once the cornerstone is placed there, you have to be placed next to it and it has to be identical or we can't build. So which meaning that if you're not conforming and transforming, watch this, you're building another kingdom. Whatever, whatever you transform to, you become. Whatever you conform to, you become. And whatever kingdom you represent, that's the kingdom you build. And your information is either back in him or it's back in them. It's either the kingdom of darkness or it's the kingdom of light. It ain't no in between. <laughs> ain't no neutral kingdom. So the transformation is always about drastic change because we were born again into this thing. We were pulled out the orphanage and brought back into the family. That's drastic because you got a new kingdom. <laughs> you got a new government. You got a new relationship. You got a new lifestyle. You got an entirely new life. That's drastic. He's asking you to go from an orphan to becoming a, the child of a king. That's drastic. That's what adoption looks like. He brings us out of the orphanage, brings us into the kingdom. But when we get in the kingdom, we're not used to the kingdom and how the kingdom functions. I remember one time we were uh, in the practice, we were dealing with some orphans. And the, the guy pulled these, the guy had, a, had money, Okay. The guy had money. He had money to the place where he, you know, he, he hit us with a little bragging point. He said, I've done everything I can for him. My house is 7,200 7, square feet. <laughs> right. That's a, that's a big house. He adopted these, the, this uh, uh, boring little girl. And he could not understand for the life of him why this little boy was getting up in the middle of the night and defecating in the shower. He couldn't understand why is he doing this? Um, he's not in the orphanage anymore. He's in this huge house. I give him everything he wants. But why? Because he hadn't transformed yet. He ain't transformed. His mind is still in the orphanage. 
Our minds are still in the world. It's still in Egypt. It's still in trying to figure things out on ourselves. When we come out of our lips and say, he's all wise, he's all seeing, he's all knowing, and you make all the decisions. (laughs) How do you confess that? Profess that and then go do your own thing. He knows the beginning of a thing, the end of a thing before the beginning. He's the alpha, he's the omega, and you ain't, he can't make no decisions? <laughs> he can't make no decisions? He can't appoint you? He can't tell you what to do? He can't put you on assignment? If he know all that, if he is who you say he is, it should be a level of submittance where you, where you come to this realization, I'm ignorant. I don't know. This is what made Solomon wise. He said, I don't know. I'm a child. I don't know how to go, go in. I don't know how to come out. I'm, I don't know. And you have to come to that realization because when you were born again, your spirit man moved to heaven. The Bible says we are now citizens in heaven, which means you're living on earth, but these rules don't apply. The only rules apply is the ones in heaven. His kingdom. Because, watch this, you gave your life to him. (laughs) That's what you said. Okay. I'm being messy. I'm being messy. You gave your life to him. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? And don't do what I tell you. Now, what's interesting about that whole context, uh, that whole scripture, he said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do what I tell you? He says, in the last days, Kenan, he said, many going to say that they prophesied in my name. They're going to say they cast out devils in my name. And they're going to say they did miracles in my name. You would never think somebody who did all that, he would turn away. Why? Because we think that's ministry. Wait. Hold on. I don't want no claps right now. Hold on. We... We think that's power. Now y'all can clap. (laughs) If that's power, then how can you still go to hell after having done it? He said the only people who going to get in is the people who do the will of my father. What's the will of his father? Relationship and kingdom. (laughs) Relationship and kingdom. I need an authentic relationship with you. I need you to function in my kingdom. If you do that, we ain't worried about missing no heaven. He didn't put us here to go to heaven. That wasn't the agenda. If it was, watch this. The moment you're born again, he's going to take you with him. (laughs) He would not adopt you and then play with your life (laughs) after all you've been through. And say, nah, you didn't make it. I know everybody else in your life abandoned you, abused you, beaten you, lied on you, but uh, you didn't overcome that. <laughs> and that's your fault. So go to hell. That's not it. He made it to where the moment you were born again, you came into his family. That was a permanent place. I, I raised you up and I seated you together with Christ Jesus. Far above. Far above. Then he said, can't nobody pluck you out of my hand. He said, the seed that I put in you is incorruptible. It can't be corrupted, not even by you. 
It's incorruptible. Not even you can corrupt it. I wanted this thing to be guaranteed and sealed. He said, by these two immutable things, I've made this promise. So that your soul will be anchored. He wants our souls to be anchored in his truth. When you anchor something, you can't pull it up. You can't pull it down. You can't pull it apart. You think I'm lying? Go try to tear a bridge down. He anchored us in this thing. Because if we, if, if we had to earn our way to heaven, watch this, then how can we trust? If we have to earn our way to heaven, isn't that still an orphan mindset? I don't know if I'm doing it right or wrong, especially not now. We got 350,000 denominations. Let me get back here. So he says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. We got 20 minutes. That is, this is true and proper worship. So we talked about true worship. True worship starts with humility. It starts with humility. Okay? Until you, humility is you emptying yourself out. So you can be everything the father wants you to be. Empty yourself out. So you can, you can be everything he wants you to be. You don't start worshiping until you run into humility. Until you come to a realization, I don't know nothing. Then you say, father, teach me. Because he just said, this is what true and proper worship is. Until you get to the place where you say, Father, I don't know. You ain't ready to worship. Until you get to the place where you say, Father, remove this. Take this away. Jesus said, look, I know this your will. If you can take the cup away, I really would appreciate it. But if you can't, nevertheless, let your will be done. Now, he was talking about dying on the cross. He wasn't talking about coming to church. He wasn't talking about somebody talking about him. Because we won't let his will be done in our argument. Sorry. We won't let his will be done in an argument. You hear the Holy Spirit, shut up. Be quiet. <laughs> you st- okay, I'm sorry. I'm being messy. I got some more for you. Don't worry about it. I got more bullets in the gun. Romans. Verse 2. Now, this is where we get into our meat. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your what? Mind. Now, the mind is connected to the soul. The soul is connected to the heart. Okay, just like if you put something in your mouth, it goes to your stomach, then it comes out as waste. That's how the mind and the heart and the soul works. We talk about the soul algorithm. All right. Whatever you put in your mind goes into your soul, corrects the things in your soul, and then your heart comes out your heart. Your heart is the fountain of your soul. 
So he's telling us, don't be conformed to the world. Don't imitate them. Don't do what they do. Don't do it how they do it. Don't do it under their motives. Don't do it with their understanding. Instead, he said, be transformed, be drastically changed into the image I predestined you to be. And the only way that he said it can happen is by renewing your mind. Renewing your mind. Not getting a new mind. We need to take your mind back to the original purpose why he created us. To be children and operate in the kingdom. So you can't be transformed until your mind is renewed. With the original plan that he wanted for us. Until you become a child, you can't think like a child. Until you think like a child, you won't act like a child. Until you pray like a child, you can't get prayers answered like a child. That's why Jesus said, don't come with the vain repetition. Your father know what you need. You still praying like a Gentile. You still praying like somebody who does not have a savior. You still praying like an unbeliever. Someone who does not have faith. Why? Your mind is not transformed it can only be transformed by the renewing by the renewing which means that somebody got to come with this mic with these scriptures and impart them the bible said it is the engrafted word is able to save your soul you need the word to save your soul because you are you are a spirit you have a soul you live in the body okay The body is for earth, so you can operate on earth, but the spirit is already healed. It's already saved if you're in Christ. If you not, repent and join the family. Okay? So your your spirit man is already healed because you're in Christ. You're one with Christ. Now all of our work is on that mind. It's on your thinking. It's on your appetite. It's on your soul. It's on your character. It's on your disposition. And most of it is we're pulling it from your family tree from your natural lineage, from the, from the family of Adam. We're pulling it from your past. Plus, we're dealing with, with the stuff you're going, on, going through right now. So all the renewing has to be done in the mind, which means that's the thing I have to submit. He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That's the transformation. That's the transformation. We ain't there until we know we think like him. That we respond like him. That we react like him. All right. I could tell y'all want to grow. But watch this. It says, do not be conformed to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of the mind. It says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. So until your mind is renewed, Until your mind is renewed, you are not realigned with the kingdom. So you can't prove what is good. You can't prove what is acceptable. You can't prove what is perfect. His whole purpose of asking us to renew our mind is so that our life can prove. Conformity has to be proved. He says so that we can prove that which is good, upright and holy. That which is pleasing, that which is fully agreeable in his kingdom, in his household. We told you, this word, the way we teach, the way the father told me to teach, he said, teach my children like every word that that, that come from this pulpit should come as if they are living in my household. You are a child of God, first and foremost. 
You're not a prophet. You're not an evangelist. You're not a teacher. That's the assignment to raise the children. That's a co-laboring office. That's not who you are. You got to say that. The Bible says gifts and callings come without repentance. So you can be apostle with a, with a, with a, a, a prophetic anointing, but your mind ain't changed. You can be a prophet that can teach, but you haven't given your mind back to the Father. You gave your mind to your pastor. You gave it to the ministry. You gave it to get money, but you have not returned it to the Father. So people see you as a prophet, but then they don't see you as a child. And the fact that you're not acting like a child is destroying your gift. Because <laughs> you had a strong prophetic gift. Okay. You can have a strong teaching gift, but you lie. You can be a pastor and still an orphan. You can be an apostle and still an orphan. The call don't mean you grew up. The gift don't mean you grown. Gifts and callings come without repentance. He said, I would not revoke that. You know why? Because regardless if people are immature or mature, ministry still needs to be done. Ministry still needs to be done. The father will use someone who has bad character to build his kingdom. Gifts and callings don't prove transformation. Okay, we want to conform to the image. Okay, we don't want to be a gifted church because we end up like Corinthians. A whole lot of gifts, but somebody's sleeping with their stepmama. <laughs> we gifted, but we're going to choose the leader we want to listen to. I like Dr. Hardy. I like Apostle. I like Pastor Kirby. <laughs> I like Ola. <laughs> I came to you to bring you meat, but I couldn't. Because you were still on milk. <laughs> spiritual, natural, spiritual. We're coming from the natural into the spiritual. We're coming from the natural into the spiritual. Adam lost the spiritual. The Old Testament lived in the natural. Jesus came to return us to a spiritual life. He came to return us to a relationship. He came to bring us to a place where I can come to my father and get sustenance. I can come to my father and get maintenance. I can ask. I can seek. That wasn't in the Old Testament. He didn't tell him in the Old Testament, ask, seek. If you ask, you shall receive. If you seek, you shall find. If you knock, the door shall be open. That ain't Old Testament. That's a son arriving, letting them know what the father wants. Colossians chapter 1, verse 11 through 13. It says, we also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you will have all endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy. Verse 12. Always thanking who? Now, why would we be thanking the Father? Why, ain't we, why are we thanking Jesus right here? It was the Father's plan. Boy, I love you. I, I, 
We thanking the Father because it was his plan. This one Jesus' plan. Jesus said, watch this. Jesus said too many times, my meat and drink is to do the will of my Father. I don't have a plan. The disciples asked him after he got ready to ascend, so when is the kingdom coming? He said, uh, I don't know that. Even I don't know that. That is in the hands of the Father. So we thank the Father because this was his plan. So he says, always thanking the Father, he, in, he has enabled you to share in the inheritance. Say amen. amen. That belongs to his people. Watch this. Say it again. Who do the inheritance belong to? The people who do what? See the light? Live? Live. Set up shop. It becomes their life. This is what the inher- who the inheritance is for. It ain't, just, it ain't for people who come to church. It ain't for people who pray. It ain't for prayer warriors. It ain't for prophets. It ain't for evangelists. It ain't for people who have deep revelation. The inheritance is for his children who live in divine truth, who live from his household. Power, riches, wisdom, strength, glory, honor, blessings, sevenfold blessing belongs to you when you decide to live in light. Here we go. Verse 13. For he has rescued us. He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and he did what? Transferred us into the kingdom of of his dear son. So you went from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. You went from the kingdom of, watch this, orphans to the kingdom of sonship. But the scriptures say he transferred you. He transferred you. So he picked you up at the orphanage, got them adoption papers, and took you home. He didn't leave you at the orphanage and say, work your way home. He transferred you. The scriptures say he brought you into the kingdom. He brought you into the kingdom. Olin said, this is your new home. This is the new government. This book is what you're going to live by. My son, that's the example. He brought you into his kingdom. He transferred you. He translated us. So he transferred us to transform us. I pulled you out of darkness and brought you into the kingdom of my son to raise you. I pulled you out this kingdom to develop you. I knew you had issues. I pulled you out the orphanage to remove them. Jesus said, I would not leave y'all orphans. I will come to you. I would not leave y'all orphans. I will come to you. He didn't say I would not leave you in an orphanage. He said, I would not leave you orphans, which means the work is going to be done on the heart on the soul, on the mind. There's a plan to conform you. There's a plan to build you up. There's a plan to repair you, to renovate you. There's a plan. There's a plan to remove you from the law and bring you under grace. There's a plan for a new kingdom, a new mind, a new heart, a new soul, a new household, a household, a new rest. There's a plan for that. But the Bible says we have to labor. 
The Bible says be diligent. Be diligent. I'm telling you, look, this spiritual, I've been saying this on a prayer call. Look, this spiritual life is your most important life. It will make every, every other part of your life better. Jesus said if you lose your life, you gain. If you lose your orphan life, I'm going to give you a genuine son life. I'm going to give you a genuine life as a child of God. If you lose the old man, I'm going to give you a new man. Watch this. This is the significance of it. The new life, the new man, the new heart, the new kingdom. This is the significance of it. You can only get it. Your predestined purpose as a new person. Let you chew on that for a second. You can only get your predestined purpose as the new person. You can only operate and function in your destiny with the new mind. You can't get that relationship until you get a new heart because you're going to tear it up. Come on, sons. Come on, daughters. He wants you to have it. He wants you to have a boo. But he don't want you to, your boo to move to the top of the roof. <laughs> he wants you to have a boo, but he wants your boo to love you like Christ loved the church. He wants you to have somebody, but he needs to transform you first. I know you think it's them. I know you waiting on somebody that will come and fit. No, he waiting on you. <laughs> He's waiting on you to change your appetite. And stop watching that stuff. Uh-oh. He's waiting on you to change your character and stop talking to people like that. He's waiting on you to enter into this new life, this new way of things, so he can release. So that he can restore all these rewords, so he can reconcile. He's waiting on you. Spiritual, natural, spiritual. We're not living in the natural. We're not Old Testament. It's the New Testament, which means we're returning to the Testament or we're returning to the covenant that he created with himself. The co- we don't have a covenant with him right now. We're in the covenant that he made with himself. You can't break this covenant. He made it with himself. <laughs> He said he can swear by nobody greater. So he swore by himself to give you a promise and an oath so that you would be sealed, you would be anchored, you would have no doubt that he would ever leave you or forsake you. That's the word. That's the word. He said, I will never leave you or forsake you, but then you listening to Satan. Mm, Leave that right there. Let that boil. You listening to Satan. The all-wise, all-powerful, heavenly father said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You will never look up and I'm not there. I'm right there all the time. So we're not living in the natural anymore. Amen? All right, here we go. I got five minutes. 
It's going to be a stretch. Can I get two? Can I borrow two minutes from y'all? Amen. Second Corinthians 3 and 13, and we're going to go through 18. Now, that first part, Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13. I think you put the Okay, that's the wrong one. All right, we just read it off here. It says, we are not like Moses. That's the wrong scripture. We, we actually messed it up. Um, we are not like Moses, who used to put a veil over his face to present the Israelite, prevent the Israelites from grazing steadily until the end of the glory of what was being set aside. Now, Moses... After he shattered the first Ten Commandments, had to go and remake the Ten Commandments. While he was up there, he fasted for 40 days, 40 nights, no water, no food. Okay, he went up the mountain. Now, mountains always represent the spirit realm. That's why Jesus said you have a faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. He said the spirit realm will move for you if you had a faith of a mustard seed. Okay, Moses went up a mountain. A mountain always represents uh, 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 the, 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 the spiritual world because it's the highest point on earth. Okay. The church is always burst at the bottom of the mountain, and we work our way up. Okay, Moses went up there, spent 40 days, 40 nights with the Father. Came down, his face was glistening. He had to put a veil over his face because, because the, the, the children of, of Israel were still in the natural. They were not ready to receive that. And so he had to put a veil over his face because the, the, the anointing that he was experiencing was New Testament. So the scripture says, we are not like Moses. Let me say it again. We are not like Moses. Who used to put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from gazing steadily until the end of the glory of what was being set aside. Verse 14, it says, but their minds were hardened. Now, a hardened mind means that you can't absorb what spirit was happening in the spirit realm. When something is hard and it's petrified, it's hard to penetrate. So, like I told you, look, I'm good okay, when he take me out of Egypt. I'm good. Just out of Egypt, I believe. You would think, right? You, you took us from out of Pharaoh, hands, you would think we would believe, right? Nope. Mm-mm. Get to the Red Sea, part the Red Sea, they walk through it on dry ground. Now that, come on. Then they get on the other side. He killed all their enemies and they still don't believe. <laughs> then they say they're hungry. He give them mat bread, manna from heaven. Oh, the bread ain't enough. Okay, I'm gonna give you some quail. Or oh, guy real meat. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> and yet they still could not believe that the problem here is this. Okay. Under, in the natural, they could not believe because you can only have faith according to your nature. Long as the nature of Adam is there, you can't absorb the Father. Once Christ's nature get there, you can now absorb, you can now hear, you can now see. That's why entering into the kingdom of God opens our eyes because our nature changed. We're born again. Before we were born again, we couldn't see into the spirit realm. Now we can see. He says, but their minds were hardened for to this day at the reading of the old covenant, 
old covenant, the same veil remains to legalistic folks. Sorry. It is not lifted because it is only set aside in Christ. So in Christ, the veil is removed. Yet still today, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies over their hearts. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Return, reconcile. Whenever someone turns to the Lord, whenever somebody returns to Abba's household, the veil is removed. It says, verse 17, now the Lord is the spirit. Christ is the spirit. We aren't talking about the Holy Spirit right here. We're talking about Christ. Christ is the spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, liberty. You don't have to live your life in bondage. Verse 18. Here we go. It says, we all, all of us, have unveiled faces. Are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord who is the spirit. Let's unpack that. We all have unveiled faces, which means we've been born again so we can see the kingdom. Okay? Which means, y'all remember when we used to could sin and it didn't feel like, we didn't feel it, we didn't care, it didn't bother us. Y'all remember them days? Y'all remember when we could just cut somebody out and, it, and just walk away and felt good about it? Now, your face is unveiled, and you do the wrong thing, and you feel guilty for six months for something you did. Y'all know what I'm talking about. If you don't, the altar is open. Because <laughs> your face is unveiled. You know that's wrong now. Before you didn't. Being promiscuous, it was something we could just do. Well, maybe it was just me. <laughs> okay, thank you. But now, the thought of it, just seeing the wrong image, it bothers us. It disturbs our spirit. Your face is unveiled. Your face is unveiled. You can see a truth. When you couldn't see a truth, it didn't bother you. You can have faux boobs. Like Pinky said. He said he got three girls and a wife on the side. <laughs> Y'all seen, was it Friday or the next one? one of them so we can see now so our faces are unveiled but he said now that we can see we are looking in a mirror you ain't looking at yourself Christ is the image now Christ is the image so we are looking at a mirror seeing our spiritual life our spiritual self and we comparing it to Christ and the more we do this the scripture says we are being transformed that's why I don't Follow me as I follow Christ. Follow me as I follow Christ. Because if you're not looking at Christ, you're not looking at the right image, and you're not being transformed. But the moment you, Christ become the fixture, the moment you focus on being a child of God, a son of God, a daughter of God, you begin to grow because that's the only place we can grow to. That's why I'm confused. That we have service, but no sonship. What are we growing to? Men, if you're not growing to be a son, what are you growing to be? You thought a pastor. You thought an evangelist. You thought you're going to take over the world by pre... No. 
Women, you're going to be what? A daughter. <laughs> I'm not trying to raise a bunch of gifted people who think they hear in the spirit. You can hear in the spirit prophetically. You can hear in the spirit through the word, but you can't hear it as a child. It's two different voices. It's two different. I've talked to prophets. I've talked to evangelists. I've talked to people who say, that's unique what y'all doing over there. I know I hear him. Yeah, you, you can hear as a prophet and not hear as a child. Our focus is, watch this, hear as a child, then learn to hear as a the prophetic. First be a child, then worry about being gifted. He said we are being transformed, meaning upgraded, a total makeover, right? Into the same, like Christ. Into the same image, Christ. From glory to glory, which means we go from levels to levels, graces to graces, anointings to anointings, maturing to maturing, love to love. We're always growing. Our growth is never ending. Your fruit can always get better. Proverbs 13 and 15. I got so much stuff here. I can go another hour. But but, uh, we need to go home. I love my family. Proverbs 13 and 15. I got to give you this one before we get out of here. It says, good understanding gives favor. But the ways of a transgressor is hard. Now, this is what's going on in some of our lives. Transgression after being transferred is, is our agitation. Okay? When we transgress, we're going against the ways of the kingdom. And the Bible says the ways of a transgressor are hard. Hard. Okay? It ain't going to kill you. You're not going to die. But it gets rugged. <laughs> The terrain is different. It's just different. Okay? The Bible says when you humble yourself, he will exalt you. When you humble yourself, he will give you a greater grace. When you transgress, you lose grace. It becomes hard. Our transformation, okay, is interrupted by transgression. Transgression is sin, meaning we're going against our father's household, but want his blessings. We going against our father's household, but we expect spiritual things to move for us. And the thing about it, even in a natural household, if you raise a kid teaching them that they can constantly do wrong and they can still get, then you build a child to be spoiled, you build a child to be reckless, and then they think that everything that they do is right. Okay? So that's why discipline is necessary. Okay? Spiritual, natural, spiritual. Either you are living in the natural or you're living in the spiritual. You either functioning in one of them. You either entering into the promised land, entering into rest, or watch this, you're in the wilderness. Or you're in the wilderness. The kingdom of darkness, you either represent that or you represent the kingdom of light. You either represent the kingdom of as an orphanage or you represent the kingdom of sonship. 
what we're going to talk about in the coming days is kingdom culture. Okay, because we're transformed to bring about a culture. We conform to bring about a culture. That's why the scripture tell us one mind, one heart. Amen. I ain't finished. I quit. Um, I ain't finished. I quit. Okay, because we still got to talk about the invisible. Okay, we got to understand this life that is hidden. Come on, let's pray.